Hey guys, Brian Jodis here for another episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast. I want to tell you about a great deal our friends at Bottle Breacher have going. The code to use site-wide at bottlebreacher.com is P-U-T-6. It's going to save you 15% off all the way through this month of February. And that's site-wide. Get whatever you want. So get over to bottlebreacher.com and get shopping. They have great stuff, including those 50-cal bottle openers. They're made from that spent brass. They're awesome. They also have those grenade openers as well. I love Bottle Breacher. Was an early supporter after they run Shark Tank all those years ago. So go to bottlebreacher.com, use the code PUT6, and save 15% off this entire month of February. Get over there, support them. Veteran-owned, great company. Love what they're doing. The mission of Pick Up the Six podcast is to share stories about the men and women among us who have gone above and beyond to pick up the six through service before self, strength of purpose, and community impact. We've been at this thing for a year. And so this is a special episode. We're taking a look back at some of the highlights from last year. And I'm joined by some guys that I know are always ready to pick up the six. One's a former Green Beret and a friend of the show, Lowell Coppert. He's here along with my brother in the F3 gloom and my brother in life, Jamie Roseboro. And we've got a special guest calling in as well. We'll make sure he doesn't have to wait too long. It's a big show. So let's get after it. This is Pick Up the Six Podcast. Fellas, this one's different uh, than one we've ever done before. So we're kind of just hanging, kind of shooting the shit a little bit and talking about this uh, pick up the six thing. So, gentlemen, good to, good to have you with me this evening. Yeah, man. Good to be here. Yeah, brother. Pleasure. I've um, been looking forward to this since we started talking about it, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, right? Thinking about, hey, can we dial in and line up calendars and uh, see if we can get together one evening, get the shorties off to bed and the day concluded and uh, get together to celebrate you and the show and all the uh, amazing things you've been able to, to accomplish in the last year and stories to tell. Oh my God, dude. I mean, it's been rocking and rolling. We're 80 plus episodes deep nearing a hundred as we go here at the one year mark. And man, I'm just, uh, it's been a fun time. It's been a lot of, uh, a lot of fun getting to know people, right. Getting to share stories uh, and do all that. So uh, let me introduce you guys and, and tell people a little bit about the two guys that are going to, uh, be on with me here for this evening. Again, that special guest dialing in in a matter of moments as well. So a little bit about Jamie Roseboro. Uh, our F3 buddies uh, know him as Rapido. That's his F3 nickname. We also host a podcast together called the Circle of Trust podcast. So all the F3 guys out there, you know that one well. Uh, Jamie spent some time at a three-letter agency uh, in his career. He's a husband and dad to three. And Copper, you might remember a year ago, almost a year ago, when we did that half Mary ruck with the honor of the fallen 56 Brave shirts. That was my man, Jamie, that did that ruck with me on that day. So we were geared up in 56 Brave gear. So, Roseboro, good to have you, man. Hey, man. Like I said, pleasure to be here. Uh, happy to join you and, and Lowell here on the evening and uh, got a lot to talk about, I think. Sure and uh, I've known you since roughly around 2002. So you and I go way back, yeah. all the way back to Boone. And, uh, and it's amazing how life comes full circle. And, you know, we each lived in the DC area for a number of years, uh, on opposite sides of the river I was on the better side, the Virginia side, but, um, you might as well have been in Delaware. So I'm not going to argue with you on that one. <laughs> I was in the but, People's uh, Republic of Montgomery County, Maryland. You were, you were in the democratic people's Republic <laughs> of Montgomery County. Uh, and you and I saw each other maybe a, a couple of times, like, Hey, let's get together this bar and watch an app game or something like that. But I relocated back here to outside of Raleigh. Um, not long after that happened, you had an opportunity to come down. You and uh, my wife uh, worked together at a 
a nonprofit for a while. She's, she's not there anymore, but you're, you're running the show there. And so it's, it's really interesting how close we've become uh, as brothers in the gloom, but also, like you said, doing life with one another, man, I'm a firm believer and it takes a village when we are trying to raise, raise kids, raise, you know, civic minded, uh, moral compassed offspring. It's, it's not an easy job with everything going on in the world right now. So I'm, I'm happy to be able and honored to be able to do it with you, brother. My bearded brethren on the uh, show th- tonight is none other than Lowell Copper, former Green Beret. He was episode 11, which is kind of crazy, man. Like I went yeah. back and looked and I was like, well, it wasn't that long ago. I'm like, no, it was in the first <laughs> handful. So episode 11, when he was making that march to the South Carolina Capitol, episode 24, when we had the amazing Burl Wheatley on there and uh, man, founder and owner of 56 Brave. Dude's done a ton of badass stuff throughout his life. So, okay. Good to have you, man. Yeah, dude, like uh, echo uh, your brother's there's sentiments. Um, you know, I think one of the things uh, just a minute ago I was thinking, too, is, you know, like we're kind of flipping the script tonight and it's about the it's about the actual podcast and not the people that were discussing on the podcast tonight, but it itself. And, um, you know, you made the comment. It's been cool getting to know people. And, you know, you've shared all those stories with all of us that didn't may not have had access to these folks clearly. Uh, Cause it's a lot of the people on here are very niche mm. um, communities. Um, so you've gotten to share all of us, me as one of the guests um, with, with the world, but um, you know, kudos to you for, you know, what you've accomplished with this podcast and the, the things that you've been able to accomplish, like the stuff that you've brought light to, because, you know, some of the stuff much like mine, the March, you know, that's what, that was the whole mission of me walking to the state house was to say, Hey man, we've got these Vietnam veterans over here that feel mm-hmm. like they're being wronged and we want people to know about it. And it's platforms like these, you know, these grass grassroots efforts uh, that make, you know, those, those uh, objectives that we're trying to carry out, uh, make them reality and, you know, getting the word out to folks. Cause I mean, it's the power of the people that is, you know, knowledge is power in the voice, mm-hmm. you know, as, you know, some people up north right now are finding out like, uh, you know, once once people start moving in one direction and they've got, you know, a reason to do so, you know, it's a powerful thing. So yeah. I think yeah, our you're, you're right. are starting to realize that. Hey, I think we're going to have I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Right. Let the cat out of the bag. But I think we have some news related to kind of the outcome of that. Vietnam Memorial in Aiken, South Carolina, and the efforts that you guys are working on. So you're going to come back. I think in the next couple of weeks, maybe month or so, yeah. talk about kind yeah. of where we're at with that. But yeah, things we just are had a conversation with someone today, actually. So nice. we're getting there. Nice. So go, guys, go back. If you're if you're new to the show, if you just started listening over the last couple of weeks, months, episode eleven uh, with Lowell Coppert, he was on a fifty-three mile hike, really rucked out, uh, full uh, rucksack, had Ray Cash Care, former Navy SEAL, with him for that journey. And uh, trying to get this Vietnam Memorial in Aiken, South Carolina moved, and it took a pretty big effort, and we got some good news related to that, so stay tuned as we do that. All right, listen, I can't leave our special guests waiting long, as you guys know, if I do, I'm liable to get myself into some big trouble, so let me let him in here while we're doing that. uh, Our guest that's calling in was an early episode as well, and he's episode four of this Pick Up the Six podcast. If you guys remember back, or if you go back and look it up, we were talking about a guy named Gordy Cope, who was a pilot during the Korean War, was shot down and ultimately ended up paying the ultimate price, right? Making the ultimate sacrifice, uh, died, and uh, they never found him and, and was kind of left uh, uh, left in, in China. 
Uh, and then years and years later, uh, we're able to use uh, some crash site stuff and some DNA things to figure out who he is. And so our guest that's dialing in now is the guy that was a part of that episode. He's also my dad, which is pretty cool. So <laughs> Lieutenant General Ralph J. Jones, can you hear us? Hey, Brian. Good morning. Uh, yeah, not good morning. It's good evening. And uh, good evening to you and Jamie and Lowell. Good to see you, brothers. Yeah, hey, sir. Welcome. I said, uh, I said, uh, we got the general dialing in. We'll, we'll have him wait a second. Copper was like, that's ah, not a great idea. I'd go ahead and get him in here as uh, quickly as possible. So <laughs> it's all are. good. It's all good. It's all right. What's happening in your corner of the world uh, tonight? Well, up here on the northern side of the Mason-Dixon line, it is uh, still cold, um, which is kind of standard for, you know, this, this time of year. Things are going great. Uh, Mom and I are uh, ultimately as busy as always and doing some crisis action planning this afternoon to try to fit in a trip to Alaska and then a tandem bicycling trip to Prince Edward Island in Canada. And, uh, you know, we're just we're just staying busy as always. And things things are great. We're both fortunate with uh, good health and, of course, great family and uh, great friends and blessed. You guys, uh, Lowell and Jamie, not surprised to hear that. Uh, former fighter pilot, uh, just enjoying a, n- a lot of downtime in his retirement. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, you know, it, it'd be a much better example you could set if you were, you know, just a little bit more motivated to do stuff in your uh, in your post service to this to this country. Uh, and and uh, Jamie, you and uh, Brian will be interested. See that little cask right over there in the he's corner drinking right out, he's drinking something out of it right Let, now. Oh, you got some. Of I, I some have of some in this glass. Some yes, of the sir. red barons, yeah, and out of the cast. Yeah. I've I've let it sit since uh, New Year's, and I'll tell you, it's better about forty-five days after the fact of when you put it in the bottle. So <laughs> uh, I know it's it's working out great, and uh, yeah, you talked about you're right, and just for everybody, you know, we all of us who have served in the military, we all cherish our time in our military, uh, whether you serve four years, fourteen years, twenty-four years, thirty-six and a half years, it doesn't make any difference. But there are so many things that we can do in our local communities outside of the military. And not that we don't have to support veterans types organizations, but as as Brian well knows, I've been a member of our local Rotary Club since we moved here in May of 14. And Tuesday is our Rotary Club meeting at noon. And, uh, And I'm always inspired when I go there because we're all about serving our local community. Although we have connections out into the Rotary International, we're really about serving a local community. And one of our longtime members who's been in the club, I want to say it's probably approaching 50 years, if not longer, gave a presentation today about the history of our club, which started back in 1936. So wow. there's a lot of great things out there that we can all be involved in. And I know that's a big part of Pick Up the Six, that um, community impact, that service before self and uh, how you go out there and, and can do things. And there's plenty of opportunities to do that. No matter where you sit, no matter how you want to get involved, you just need to find a place and uh, then just simply go do it. Two things right. while we got you oh. before I let you go, uh, not let you go, but a couple of things I, w- I want to do. And uh, our it's listeners won't be the able word to dismiss. Yeah, 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 dismiss. That's right. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting dismissed. Figure that mistake out. No, no, no. We got plenty of time. Well, so check well, this you out. Think I'm go- well, you think I'm going anywhere? I mean, you know, <laughs> we point. can stay here for quite a long time. You know, I- <laughs> so let me get his Catholic guilt. I'm, sh- I'm sure the three, guilt three- in for a second. I was going to say, I'm sure the three stars got a slide deck at the ready 
if we need to start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, no, I, I am cognizant of, of your time. It's all good. I greatly appreciate it. I'm, and I'm honored that you asked me to join you tonight. So serious ahead, moment, serious moment. Yeah. And we'll have a fun yeah. moment with you before, uh, before you are dismissed, sir. The serious right. moment is, and I'll see if I can't put a lump in his throat. You know, when I was looking at starting the show and it's not about me, it's about trying to find a, an opportunity to bring voice and share stories maybe of people that folks haven't heard of before. And I think there are a lot of incredible podcasts and things to listen to, but oftentimes I find that they're about things that, you know, uh, famous people or people you've heard of. And I was like, man, there are thousands, countless Americans who have done stuff beyond themselves that I think would be really cool to highlight. And quite frankly, the man on the line tonight, my dad is a reason, one of the reasons why I started the show. Cause I was like, He's got an incredible career. If you met him along his career, you know him, but there's a lot of people who don't. And I was like, I want more people to hear about Americans like that. Americans like Christy Lucas, who's in your local area. She was episode seven that runs Roots for Boots. Or even to hear about uh, my man, Happy, who's living in Burgon, North Carolina, who when his wife is attacked by a bobcat, pulls his concealed out of his waistband and protects his wife in his driveway. Like we want to talk about those sorts of things. And so dad, I'm just grateful for your leadership and guidance throughout uh, my life. And honestly, in framing up what this show would be about uh, service before self is engraved on a keychain that I keep in my pocket today from the day that you became a general uh, July the 2nd, 2004. I had to look for the year, but I had the, <laughs> so thank you for that. Thanks for always. Uh, uh, thanks for always leading. Thanks, Brian. Um, my honor and my privilege. And, you know, we've, I've always felt that a key part of what my purpose in life is to set an example in multiple ways, shapes and form. Uh, and so in doing those things, I think we, we've done that. And then you've, as both of your brothers have run with that and your, and your wives and, and our grandchildren have run with that and continue to set examples um, all over the place. And you, you mentioned, you know, I kind of made a list here of some of the episodes that, you know, you all, you all did. And, and I'm ex uh, eternally grateful for being on that episode four. I, uh, I will be self-critiquing as a standard fighter pilot that I am, and I could have done a better job on that episode, but the story itself of what it took to go out there and find Captain Troy Cope and to be part of that when not, physically there when he was found, but to do that official announcement, everything else from when I was the defense out of Shane Beijing is pretty incredible. And you mentioned Christy and of course what she does here and, and uh, Judy, Brian's mom and my wife and I have been involved with Christy pretty much since we've moved here and her Roots for Boots and this grassroots veteran support organization here in our local area. We take care of people right here. We deliver food once a month any, to anywhere from four to six to eight veterans, but she's supporting now up to 120 veterans with food, uh, you know, one, once a month. And then you get into some of your other episodes. And of course, the ones with Kirk Lippold uh, from uh, the very beginning and then to his 9-11 one. And then you take his 9-11 one and you put that the episode before Peter Bleich from the uh, fire department in New York, who was there in 9-11 and literally almost got crushed in a tower mm -hmm. um, and how you put that story together, all the medal of honor stories that you've done, they are uh, completely inspiring for anybody to listen to low 53 miles to go to the Capitol to go. We need to fix this. This is broken. Uh, that 
two resonates superbly. And then, of course, we got Eric Maddox, Finding the Ace of Spades. Uh, Mom and I listened to that one in the car. We tend to listen to a lot of these in the cars. We're driving from place to place. And we're, we're literally on the edge of the seat. Like, how is he going to figure this out? We know he figures it out, but how is he going to do this? And, and Brian, the way you pull that information out from your uh, from the people that you bring on, anybody that I've shared the podcast with continues to say, Brian does an incredible job of how he lets the people tell the story, but yet ask the right questions to get to the heart um, of the matter. And then, there's, and then there's Spanky Peterson for finding Marcus Luttrell. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, what an incredible story. And, and you know, diving off the edge of that cliff and that helicopter and taking it down into the abyss because he's got Marcus on the back who almost got killed, right, by the PJs, but they trusted each other. And then finally... There's a story with John Quartz and his dad. You know, I don't know if Brian told that in that podcast. I was the flow, the family liaison officer for the Quartz family. Why was I picked? God knows why. I know why now. Um, and to have to do all that stuff with Julie and those three boys who were the same age as our sons, you know, at that time. Uh, that's an incredible story. And there's a reason why John Quartz is steel, S-T-E-E-L. So anyway, Brian, you're doing a great job. Uh, this is a fantastic uh, forum to be able to get these great stories out. I know you continue to tell them and you'll continue to tell them with pride and with honor. Thank you know, you. it's what uh, my pleasure it is my pleasure and my honor. You know, what's great about the court story. It's, it's the number three played show we've ever created. Yeah. John Quartz. Again, nobody's heard of John Quartz, right? He's a fighter pilot. that's flown some pretty cool missions uh, downrange, but he's a kid who at six years old, his father made the ultimate sacrifice. And was In Desert Storm. And, yeah, it was. Desert Storm. Yeah. Right. And John's yeah. a bad, and John's a badass. And he a needs badass. To be, right? Right. For, for, but uh, there's, a, I got a lot of, I got a lot of pride. And every time I check to see, you know, how the shows are doing and seeing Steele's episode in the top. Yeah. Three. Makes me feel really good. Uh, yep. Before you are dismissed, sir, and I know Copper <laughs> will love this. And Copper's got connections to Spanky Peterson. And a lot. The funny thing about Lowell is, oh. I, 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 not eighty percent of the episodes we've done, I'm like, he's like, oh, I got a story about that one. I got a story. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys can't see it because we're not on camera for the podcast. But over your left shoulder is interior lining of a, a parachute liner. So you want to tell these guys about why that's hanging in your bar? tonight and the ejection handle that's across the room there you go there's there's that so yeah i'm sitting in the bar because this tends to where i do a lot of these uh so that that's a drogue shoot over here off my left shoulder from f-111 on august 9th 1984 where i had to eject out of the airplane um after taking a bird strike at 200 feet 530 knots up uh, in northern scotland by inverness and then over on the other side over there is the, the ejection handle from the capsule that the squadron gave me. I have one, and then the Wizzo Weapon Systems Officer has the other one. So you guys all need to come here and make a visit. And uh, there's a lot of uh, stories that we can tell and a lot of cool things. But it's everything in here. Um, again, I'd, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Mm. That weapons uh, officer's uh, call sign was? Born to die. Not on that day, baby. <laughs> Not on that day. <laughs> Not on that. But he didn't get it from that. He got it for no. another reason. That's another. Oh, we got, you got to come back. I don't know that I would get in an airplane with someone with that call. I was going to say. 
You're a brave soul. So, somebody had to, and, I, and he, he was the flight commander, so I was doing what I was told. <laughs> we got to get you back at some point. Maybe we dial him in, too, and you guys share that story because, I mean, you lived through pretty incredible moments with each other where you had to trust every instinct and movement in that moment. Um, and, we, yeah. and we don't need to get into it tonight because maybe we tease it out and we, we come back and we tell that story at some point, too, because we haven't done that yet. We need to. Sounds great. Guys, anything else for the general before uh, we well, let him I enjoy wanna, his I want to throw one thing out there. So the good general mentioned the community and, and talking about the stuff that you guys are doing there with uh, you know, with Brian, your mom, obviously, uh, your route, or your wife there. Um, so here in Aiken, uh, what you know, the booming metropolis that is Aiken, South Carolina. Yeah, but uh, a veteran have, hotbed. A, a yeah, man. Hotbed. I mean, we're a small community, but we got something like 18,000 veterans in our county. Um, and it's a very tight, tight knit group. Um, I, I have the honor of being the chairman of our veterans council. Um, but I tell people, you know, one of our, one of our mottos is, uh, even though we've hung up the uniform, we still continue to serve. Um, and when I became the chairman, we would kind of go back and forth because I think amongst the civilian populace, when they hear about veterans doing things, it's always, and that's what I love about pick up the six and I was talking to my brother about it tonight, was um, it isn't just a military podcast. You know, you have Happy talking about, you know, protecting, you know, Christy, his wife, and fighting that bobcat and all that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of things like, obviously, it kind of sways towards the military with the pick up the six, you know, acronym and that kind of lifestyle and that, you know, military aspect. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of stuff that's also highlighted. And so when I was growing up, my family, it's always for whom much is given, much is expected. Um, and so it's just kind of one of those things. And I talk about being from the special operations community. You know, I think a lot of times people think, you know, it's like, oh, these ground pounders, like, who, oh, you know, big, strong ranger, not very smart kind of thing or, you know, kind of deal. And it's like, no, man, like everyone that I've worked with through my entire special operations career was going to be a success at whatever they chose to do. Lucky for our country, they chose to be in the ranks amongst the men that I've got to work with. Um, so, you know, I applaud you for all the efforts and, and I agree one whole, you know, 100% with you that there is so much out there that you can be a part of. And, you know, and I think that's where, you know, when, when people are separating from the military and they're looking for those things, that's where I think it's, you know, things like pick up the six, you know, things like, um, you know, the, the roots to boots, uh, deal that you guys got going on there. Um, those kind of things where we're like trying to grab these people because, you know, we all had that camaraderie when we were in the military. And then the day that you leave for a lot of folks, it's just, it's like, you know, pulling that, pulling that cord, you know, ejecting, you know, at 20,000 feet or whatever it is. And it's like, oh man, now I'm out here on my own. What do I do? Um, so, you know, I think it's great that these exist. I tell a lot of people like with our, a lot of these nonprofits that, so, you know, obviously, Brian, you know, my thoughts on the VA, there's definitely some some work that needs to be done in that organization very easily, um, uh, to say the least. But uh, a lot of these VSO stuff, you know, pick up the six, the Aiken County Veterans Council, we exist to be kind of that net that catches people as they fall through the cracks. And, you know, and as long as we continue to do that, um, I think we're in a good spot. But as, you know, as that stuff starts to fade away, we're going to start seeing people in, in worse off situations than what we even have now. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's a ton of stuff that you can get involved in out there. You just got to look for it just like anything else. You know, you, you, you gotta, you gotta do some research, um, you know, 
Well, I think you got to try to find something, man, that you're passionate about. Like, all right, cool. You know, what could be my strength of purpose in this next chapter of my life? You know, we talked to Chris O'Toole about that a lot on a recent episode. Dude, Chris was tasked with doing some incredible things during these mass grave uh, oh, yeah. church things, right? Yeah. And like the weight that that man's got to carry with him every single day that he walks out the house. Like, and then he's been able to channel that into mentorship and helping guys. Now he's a cop and he's helping running SWAT teams and he's helping mentor guys that are going through PTSD in the, in the blue color service, right? Line of duty. He's able to channel that passion to be able to do that. Right. Based on things that he's seen and, ha and had to, you know, had to live just, just the leadership alone. You know, I mean, we got a three-star on here. We got a member of special operations. We got Jamie, you know, as you said, three-letter <laughs> three organization, <laughs> Um, you know, so, I mean, there's a lot of leadership sitting on this podcast tonight, you know? And I mean, even if that's just the avenue that you look at, like yeah. providing some sound advice for people at times that they need, um, you know, I laugh because where I live at a lot of times people will call me for questions that I'm not the subject matter expert on, but they think that I am. And I appreciate that. But, um, you know, I mean, it's because they see us as leaders in our community, um, you know, when we did the walk, my best friend Clint had made a comment to the local paper, uh, like, yeah, Lowell's headstrong, but he's a guy that, and it's, and I told you this, Brian, I'm like, I love this quote. He said, he's a guy that time and time again executes, you know, and I was kind of like, you know, hearing that from your best friend that doesn't say stuff like that every day, you're kind of like, wow, man, like, awesome. Thanks. You know, it's, and, and Lowell, you, you talked about, you hit on this for our veterans, it's service after the service. And, you know, at, on Veterans Day or right around there, I was asked to speak at our, your county, our local county veterans breakfast. And I talked about eight attributes of service and how they relate to service after the service. And so you're exactly right. We just got to find that place, insert ourselves and go out there and focus on the mission and do our best. Yeah. So like someone, someone had made a comment to me about um, like kind of like the veteran service organizations. Well, I thought it was all veteran related. And I said, you know, when we joined the military, I didn't, I didn't swear an oath to protect veterans. Like I swore an oath to protect my community, which is, you know, essentially what this entire country is, you know, whether it's local or, you know, on a grand scale, you know, it wasn't, well, you know, I'm just going to be about these folks. I'm like, so why would I be just about these folks now? because I served with them. I'm like, yeah, man, like I went to war, you know, war quotation marks, Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't thinking about one group over another. It was about everybody and doing my duty with my, you know, with the flag of our nation on my sleeve. And I was, you know, as you said, you would do it all over again. I think everybody that's on here tonight would, you know, there isn't anything I'd go back and change, you know, even, even the ouchies and the bumps along the way, you know, you, you got to learn from you guys also, you guys also rose the hand, put the hand up and said, you'd, you'd, you defend the constitution of the United States, like a piece of paper with a bunch of words on it, which is, is so incredible to me. And I think totally exemplifies what sets America apart from the rest of the world. And I hope that we continue to fight for that. You know, one thing we've been leaning in on over the last few months and because it's timely, man, because I, I do feel like as a nation, we're getting ripped apart and right. There wants to be this divide and sort of the splitter wants to come in and pull people to the extremes. And I'm like, well, fine, let's share stories about people that have done stuff, whether it's on behalf of America and our fighting force, or just on behalf of being a good American, 
right? Like even a guy like Charlie Engel, right? Long distance runner who's rehabilitated his entire life and has now mentored people through rehabilitation. That guy hasn't put the uniform on, but he's serving our country every single day by doing that. And like, let's remind people that we still are the America that American flags wave in France today because they're not oppressed, right? Because they're liberated. Let's be the Americans. And I know it's not apples to apples, but let's be the Americans that ran into the Twin Towers. Let's be that. Right? Let's I think, continue to be that. I think what we're dancing around here uh, and the four of us talking about and seeing throughout our, our various, you know, careers and personal lives and experiences and what we're doing now is we're talking about leadership. It is that raising the right hand is that stepping into the breach time and time again. And that comes in all shapes, sizes, and forms. And sometimes you've done it um, like the two gentlemen on the screen here. You've done that overseas in hostile places with some really bad dudes who want to do really bad things to you there. And when you got home as well. So there, there is a existential crisis in my opinion, on a lack of what true virtuous leadership looks like. And I think a lot of us have a, a mission to figure out how to bring that back and how to pass that forward and how to be stewards of these things in our local communities. And that's where it starts. And that's, that's where I see how much you know, service, purpose, and impact comes into play. And you've provided a platform to drown out the noise. And, and how do you highlight the ones that you might, you might not think of, right? Like Betty Presler, Combo Weeks, Tammy Barlett, Casey Campbell, Cyrene Mahan, these women who have to put on a flight suit and step into a squadron and take on a different world. And how do they, they've shown us how they had to lead in what all, always weren't great environments with the times. For me, it goes uh, back even beyond, beyond stuff like that. So like you think of, like before all of our times, the four of us, like uh, World War II, you know, so like the word service keeps getting thrown out. And I think people always associate that with service only only applies to someone who put on a uniform. And to me, that's not the case. Um, so like going back to what you said, being a good American, that kind of thing, like you look at World War II. And, you know, I think the Bush administration kind of got beat up on 9-11. People talk about 9-11. We went to we went to war on the rich instead or war on the cheap instead of on the rich kind of mm -hmm. thing. You know, it was this whole kind of mantra of the boys, the boys are fine. Live your life because that's what they want you to do. They want you to go to Starbucks and they want you to get a coffee in two minutes and they don't want you to wait for this. Like they want you to just live your life. And it was like, well we kind of like would like to be thought about just a little bit. You know? <laughs> sure. um, you know, I remember when I was a kid, desert storm, there was a, you know, the lady in my neighborhood making yellow, yellow bows and put Bro, them I had desert storm trading cards, we yeah. trading cards. Yeah. And so to me, you know uh, there's a lot of service to be had, you know, like no one thinks the garbage man, but it's an adamant thing. Like, you know, places that I work in now, I see the fact that they don't pay taxes and they don't have social services and there's trash everywhere, you know? And so it's like, no one wants, no one likes the IRS. No one wants to pay taxes. And I think that's because like, you know, most of us don't like the way our country spends the money they take from us and then tells us what they're going to do with fair it, point. Yeah, fair point. Um, which could be a whole nother set of podcasts. Um, but let's say it's Valentine's day. Roses are red, violets are blue. Taxes yeah. is theft and inflation is too. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a beautiful one. Uh, but you know, like, so there's, there's all kinds of service that makes our country and sets it apart 
from everybody else. Um, and so like, to me, like, you know, I think like most people, when you think service, you think U S military, when you think veteran, you think 65 and older, um, you know, it's just kind of like the way your brain kind of has been tailored at this point in our lives, like, you know, word association with images. Um, but to me, you know, I mean, we've got a, a slew of people. My family has a lot of law enforcement in it. Um, you know, those guys are holding it down every single day here. My brother does probation, pardon and parole. He deals with offenders. You know, I mean, he deals with people who have been in jail every single day. Um, and so, you know, we need all that. We need all these people. We need all these programs in our country to make it what it is. And so we've got a lot of people every day that get up and put it on, you know, and go out there and fight the good fight right here in our borders. Um, you know, so, um, you know, I'm more than happy. And I said it to my brother tonight on the phone. We were talking about Ukraine. And I said, uh, let, let us never be a nation that fights a, fights a home game ever again. You know, we always want to be the away team. And I'm happy to be that away team. I'm happy to board a plane and go take the fight somewhere else so that you can go to Starbucks and you don't have to worry about what's going on in your backyard. And that's the, I think the only thing that sets us a different apart than a few other folks, but there's plenty of people here. I mean, there's, there's more people holding it down here than there are holding it down mm -hmm. overseas, you know? And I think those guys, you know, the firefighters, when we talked about the nine 11 episodes, um, you know, I still think about that day. And it's the, the one thing that I think about on 9-11 is hearing the news reporters say, uh, you know, I can't remember if it was uh, Brokaw or Dan Rather had a guy on and the guy started crying because he said, he's like, you know, the only thing I can think of is I was running for my life out of this building and I was watching firefighters go past me without fear. And he's like, and I know tonight that those men aren't with me today. And uh, I'm like, yeah, man. And we're lucky that we have a nation that there are men and women that are wired that way. Uh, when they hear gunfire or they, you know, see trouble, they run at it instead of away from it. And that's what separates us from the rest of the world, in my mind. Absolutely. Man, incredible. Yeah, absolutely, man. Incredible. Man, I'm so grateful for you guys uh, to be able to talk through this. We're going to talk about a few more episodes. General, you can stay as long as you want, quite frankly. <laughs> I was like, I just said, we're going to just open this thing up and just let it rip here. Well, thanks. But uh, we actually got something uh, at 830 that we've been doing every almost every Tuesday night for almost uh, two years now. So um, and so it's a little jazz listening session that we're part of. And as the so, man knows how to live his life, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Get up that is an so open invitation. There's some first world problems going on right there. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Sit, uh, sitting in a bar, copious amounts of, of whiskey, scotch. Now we're making our own whiskey and scotch. And you know what? I got to run. I got a jazz listening session in five minutes. Like, it's well deserved. Well, well deserved. deserved. Yeah. Three yes, stars. Um, um, uh, I'm going to go be. Uh, I'm going to go be an executive producer for them at the end of March, early April for, nice. for a couple of nights. Incredible. Nice. So yeah, Good. up in New York city. So anyway, all right. We love that. That's a new one. You don't know yep. about that, Brian. So <laughs> no, <it's> breaking news. <laughs> yeah, breaking news <laughs> live on the Now, now I'm becoming an executive producer. So, yeah. and it ain't for free. I'll tell you that, but anyway, Good. it'll be great. It'll be a heck yeah. of an experience, which is yeah. awesome. So, all right. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to go guys. Thank you. Congratulations on the one year uh, anniversary. Uh, and just I know you're going to keep it, keep it going and keep it going strong. And it's all for the right. You're doing the right things, doing the right things right for the right reasons. Thanks.
We're love on. you, son. Yep, love you too. See you. Love you, brothers. Take care. Out here. See you, sir. Yeah, I'm telling you what, fellas, that might be worth a field trip. Let's go. You could spend some time up there. Yeah. I have. Yeah. <laughs> you, stumble, you stumble out of the general's bar. That's spend, usually the way it goes. There. Spend a week there one night. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, hey, so that was obviously oh, we yeah. talked a lot, a lot of talked a lot of a lot of different things right there with with your dad on the show and and with what you know, Lo and I are both chiming in. I want to I want to go back to a couple of things where, you know, getting getting this podcast together, this mm-hmm. idea that you had to get to where you're like. I want to tell stories. I want, I want to pull stories out of people and stories deserve to be told. And that service purpose and impact piece that, that we've kept coming back to and keep, keep mentioning, you came out of the gate really, really hot with some really high profile, well-known um, stories and events and tragedies. Um, and if you don't listen to the Commander Lipold episode and just absolutely hear you know, his purpose, his responsibility, his everything, all the decisions that he and his crew were making to keep that ship from sinking in the port of Aden in that moment mm-hmm. and what was going on in the world. And then, like we said, Ace of Spades and chasing, uh, chasing Saddam, finding him in a spider hole, you know, coming out of the gate hot with some amazing guests. And then you've kept it up and you've kept going and you've diversified left and right. And as Lowell's saying, it's, there's a lot of military themes here. There's a, there's a lot of community themes. Um, Talk me through getting from, you know, proof of concept, concept Mm -hmm. of ideas to actually saying, Hey, well, I got, I got an in with commander Lipold. He's going to be guest number one. Let's record that one. And let's just, you know, set the fuse and run and see what we can do here. So look on the front of that answer, I would tell you that we want to continue building and keep sharing stories that maybe we haven't yet, or maybe we haven't been able to get connected with people that have been part of incredible moments like that. So guys, I mean, you can literally send me an email anytime. It's just my name, Brian at pick up the six.com, right? Get in there, get in the inbox and Hey, I'd love to hear you talk about this, or I'd love to connect you with my friend who did this or, or whatever. Like it, the door is wide open. Uh, God designed me to be a broadcaster uh, and have done a lot of different things with that. But, you know, I think, I think it's good for us as, as uh, people, as, uh, as leaders, as men to be aware of what, like we're kind of built to do. Um, And so that's just something that I know that I think he designed me to do. And, and, uh, and I thought it'd be really neat to, to just find some stories that maybe you've heard of, or maybe some that you haven't and tell them in a, in a long enough form that we can get into it. Not five, six, seven, 10 minutes, 30, 45 minutes to dig into some of these, some longer, right? Like number seven with Eric Maddox on that hunt for Saddam is over an hour. Cause it's like listening to a movie, the way mm-hmm. Eric tells the story of all the twists and turns and what he's got to go through and what the Delta team's got to go through and the way Bam Bam's leading and how they almost get to the bodyguard. And then they almost get to this other guy and, they still don't get Saddam and Eric's got to freaking leave country. He's put months and months of work into it. He's got to leave. He's not even there for the final moment when they go get that son of a bitch. And, <laughs> and the and way he tells the story, it's like listen to a movie, right? He's like, that he's coming back. And so it's all crazy. Right. But part of it was, I'll be completely honest with you, man. Uh, I think this is a good, I think this is an idea. I think it's a good idea. I want to tell these stories. Let's just get going. Mm-hmm. And let's tee it up with some people that I've been very fortunate and blessed to get to know. And so when I left television in 2010 and moved to DC, a year later, I met Kirk Lippold. I was working at 
Military Families United, which is a military service organization. And we helped Gold Star families get connected with each other. And Kirk was like a senior fellow there. And I got to meet him and I got to spend a lot of time with him hearing that Cole story. In fact, when he wrote his book, Front Burner, Al-Qaeda's Attack on USS Cole, I helped him create some promotional materials and we booked him on some shows. So I just got to spend a lot of time with him. And I've, I've heard him tell that story. And I was like, we have this sort of post 9-11 memory of terrorism. But before 9-11, there was 10-12. And I was like, if we're going to kick this thing off, who better to kick it off than Kirk Lippold? And to be able to talk about how he's sitting at his desk when at 11.18, I think, I think it was 11.18 in the morning, but sometime around then, there's a massive explosion and the ship is moved and he grabs his, he, he stops, he gets his nine millimeter and he walks out of his room to go face his destiny. I'm like, great. We need to tell people that story because maybe they haven't heard it before. And to hear about the 17 sailors they lost and 32 that were injured and the dozens that fought to keep that sip that ship from sinking in the freaking port of Aden, Yemen. And they had a, they had a bucket brigade going to save that ship. They're willing to do everything they could to save that ship. And I was like, man, I want to tell that one. And then you follow that up with Spanky Peterson, who was the Payfock helicopter pilot during operation red wings that helped save Marcus Luttrell. And I'll, I'll legit, I was like, I was watching lone survivor as a map to do, you know, you know, a couple bourbons you want to feel, you know, watch Lone Survivor. Yeah. Watching put on, Survivor. Put on Lone Survivor and then yeah. round off with 13 hours yeah, after exactly. that little Michael Bay. Right. So I'm watching Lone Survivor and Marcus Luttrell oh, has yeah. kind of become this larger than life, almost a character. He's an amazing man, right? Great American, but he's larger than life, at least in my opinion, from what I've seen. And I saw him one time uh, at a, at a convention. I was like, oh he, was a, he was a Navy SEAL, right? Am I wrong? He was a Navy SEAL. Navy yeah, I think SEAL? so. He's a Navy okay. SEAL. I, thought, I thought maybe I heard that. I don't know. You, uh, you, <laughs> I'm not going to you know, give up. Maybe, you know, him, maybe you've met him, uh, copper. Maybe you've got some connections, uh, in there, you know, some way, but I'm watching the movie, right. And the helicopter pilot, they put him on the helicopter and then the pilot looks over his shoulder and then they take off. And I'm like, well, who's that guy? Like, who's that guy? Who's the guy? That picked up the guy and I just did some digging and God directed me to send Jeff Peterson a Facebook message because I found him and he was like, I'd love to tell the story. I'm like, great. Right. So, and then from there, just kind of right. You know, we just kind of keep picking up steam. Let's, let's pause right there with the fact that he's sitting on the couch watching lone survivor. And in his head, he says, Hmm. Who's the guy flying that bird on a secret mission in Afghanistan that some of the details still to this day haven't been 100% released. And some of them have been credits been given to other folks that didn't necessarily get, do what credit has been given upon kind of thing. And Brian's comment is, so I just did a little research and uh, you just happened to find this pilot who flew this top secret mission that he didn't even Spanky didn't even know that he was going to fly. And my man's like, yeah, so, you know, I just let my fingers do the type in and yeah. Okay. And Mr. by the Mark, way, Spanky, Spanky, wasn't, Spanky wasn't even supposed to do the pickup until like right before and they switched it. Right. So fate intervened. Yeah. yeah no, exactly. but that's what I say. Like, I'm not joking when I say God delivered me to, I mean, that's what happened. Right. The, the, the sky cue delivered me to find him. Uh, and what's incredible about his story is it's, it's a crew of six air force reservists, 
Spanky and the other guys and the characters that make up his crew. His FE was in freaking Vietnam. It's 2005. Yeah. When they're going yeah. to get Marcus. Well, the, 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 fact, the fact that like there is such a compelling story based off if you read the book or you watch the movie, you know the Hollywood version or or Marcus's La version. The real story is even more dramatic than what happens in the, the movie. Guy, the guy is blinded with like the worst rotor wash you could imagine in the middle of the night with no light. And he's putting this massive bird yeah. with the rotors banging up near a on the side of a cliff. Caught a side of a cliff. He's putting it on a ledge the size of a pool table. And all he's got visibility wise is like a hanging potted plant. <laughs> picking up, picking up uh Marcus, who like your dad mentioned, almost got blasted by a PJ because he came out of nowhere wearing not a uniform, right? So I mean, it's just it's an un- incredible story that you're like, you know what? Maybe this guy's on Facebook. Let's just uh, shoot him a DM, slide into his DMs on Facebook, and see if we can <laughs> see if we can reel in a fish. Oh, I mean, man. it's nuts. Yeah. So I think, man, it's 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 been you know it's been things like that. It's it's obviously right. Like, hey, here are some high level you know stories that I think we all know that I'd love to dig into more, and then also just finding things like we had a pair of brothers. And their dad was in the army during World War II. And his job was legitimately like designing and maintaining the grave sites where they had to bury the dead throughout the course of the war. Uh, and he was part of digging up General Patton and reburying him. Mm. Right. So just finding stuff like that. And then, you know, things have come our way. And then, you know, paying attention to current events. You know, one of the most recent episodes we did was with Jeremy Creason, who was the chief, the fire and EMS chief in Mayfield, Kentucky, which was literally in December flattened by deadly tornadoes mm-hmm. and just feeling like, you know what? Uh, I would love to have chief Creason come on and just tell us how they're doing and what's going on in their life and how he saw his community step up and, you know, and those things and another pride moment he's behind Spanky Peterson, chief Jeremy Creason of Mayfield, Kentucky is the number two most listened to show we've ever created. And I'm like, great. That means hundreds of people were able to hear that man who they would have never met before, never heard from before. Never known who he is. Never and known. He yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, talk like about what he been how important he was on that one night. Yeah, dude. And just how crazy it was for them yeah. and what happened and how their town has rallied around and they got a long way to go. Yeah. Right. They got a long way to go. And I just back up to the fact that you mentioned a guy actually dug up Patton and reburied him. I'm 42. I'm not mature enough to dig up. General Patton and not bring him home and bury him in my backyard. <laughs> like I'm taking this is he, he's yeah. here now. Yeah. Just be drinking, just be drinking some bourbon every night with, the, with my boy. With, yeah. The, with the man himself. Yeah. With the Bailey, the just Bailey like, brothers. The Bailey with brothers. like a Willis Jeep as a headstone in your backyard. Yeah. You'll be like, what's that? I'll be like, uh, nothing. We'll worry stay, about it. Stay, stay away from it. Or just, you know, so fun, we, fun moments too, right? Like Will Branham, former SEAL, you know, he said uh, he was part of some mission. He's like, I can't tell you exactly what it was. I started doing the math in my head. I'm like, all right. I asked him this on there. I said, okay, so let me ask you this. If you were like on a sea vessel and you had to like shoot a guy who was maybe keeping a captain captive, how far would you have to be? He said jokingly, like, not as far as you think. (laughs) Were you in the Horn of Africa? Does the Strait of Hormones ring a bell at all? Um. But it's been fun. It's been fun. It's been fun to to share, you know, uh, neat stuff like that. And just, you know. Like I said at the beginning, man, get to know people, right? Like Lowell and I have now like hung out a lot of times together. Oh, yeah. Get me to jump out of an airplane soon. Trying. Trying. It's going to happen. 
So yeah. you're 80, you're 85. I think this might be episode 86 in, in a year, man. I mean, you're, you're racing at a pretty significant clip with some really, like you said, interesting guests diving deep, some heavy topics, some, some, you know, really inspiring topics. You've had a hell of a first year. What's on, what's on tap for year two. I think that's what sets them apart at this point too. Mm-hmm. You know, I joked with Ryan when I looked at, when he reached out to me, I looked at who was ahead of me and I joke, you know, 11, episode 11, I'm one of the OGs. But when I looked at the yeah. first like four or five, I was like, why is this guy calling me? Like this, <laughs> this dude is the captain of, you know, the USS Cole. I'm like, why would this guy ever want to talk to me about anything? Um, but yeah, like going back to what Jamie just said, man, like it's not, you know, 86 episodes is impressive in itself. But what's more impressive is the stories. Like that's not just 86 like softballs. Yeah. I mean, it's 86 like people who have like laid it on the line, have done some really amazing stuff from all basically all facets and all walks of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that doesn't happen by chance. So, you know, I mean, that's that's a straight you know, um, you know, feather in your hat as to, like you said, going back to the research stuff and, you know, you've done your due diligence and you've done your work, um, to, to really get some, some, uh, notable folks on here. Um, you can keep, you can keep passing the humble pie copper. All right. (laughs) Talking about what, what do I get? What do I, what do I, why would I be on the show? Guys, guys, my man, my man down here, put it on the line years and years. He's got hardware that goes on his uniform is impressive here's what i'm excited about look we're going to keep going we're going to keep sharing these incredible stories i'm excited about finding opportunities to build out some partnerships right like you think about the work we've been able to do with our friends at the congressional medal of honor society talking to people like barney barnum freaking melvin morris like man what a guy like that guy was born to be a snake eater legitimate <laughs> like that's what he was put on earth to do right well like that's that's what he was. Yeah. I mean, like when I read about guys like him, man, it's, it's very humbling to know that those dudes paved the way for guys like me, man. Like mm-hmm. knowing, knowing that I got to wear the same, same beret, have the same tab, you know, yeah. um, at, at one point, you know, they weren't wearing tabs that came later when we became our own branch. But, mm-hmm. uh, and, and what's even, what's even cooler, you know, like I, I had the pleasure of meeting Bob Howard before he passed away, you know, Medal of Honor, two Distinguished Service Crosses, Silver Star, like eight Purple Hearts, um, you know, and these guys in the same way with Melvin, you know, like you'll talk to them and they're just like, oh, man, you know, I'm proud of you. And I remember that like as a young SF guy, like I'd done nothing. My SF career is not anything stellar by any means, uh, but on a scale with these guys, I'm completely nothing. Like, you know, I'm going to consider myself like a guy who, like bag groceries at like a grocery store compared to these dudes. Um, and uh, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable that they're just like, Oh, you know, I'm so proud of you. And you're like, you're like looking over your shoulder. Like, is he talking to somebody behind me that I don't see? Yeah. This guy Dude, I think that's, what's pretty cool about those guys. And I've noticed that a lot in recent years. And I think part of it is, and this is just my opinion and sort of somewhat speculations. I think the older Vietnam generation, right. They, they remember what it was like to not be remembered, right? Like those guys, I talked to those guys and they remember coming home and being treated like shit, right. They remember being called a lot of bad things. And I think part of them is they are legitimately proud of you. And I think they feel a real service to say that because it wasn't, 
told to a lot of those guys, that Vietnam generation specifically. Um, well, the whole so, reason, Ray and I walked the 53. Right. I tell people if it would have been, if it would have been another era, I don't know that I would have been so passionate about it, but uh, you know, it's, it's a whole group of people that were not treated fairly. Um, you know, they did their end of the deal and um, you know, people didn't agree with it, but took it out on them rather than the folks that sent them where they sent them. So, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think it's some of that, James, I think it's, Man, finding opportunities to to branch out and partnerships. I think uh, I think my friends at Fifty Six Brave and I and Mister Copper here might be looking for opportunities to maybe do some things with some consistency and do some storytelling that kind of goes back to that point of remembering who America is, what she's been, what she's become, and what she always will be. Uh, and so I think we're going to look for some opportunities to tell some of those stories as we go to, but man, I would love to hear from you guys can find us on the Twitter machine, right? Uh, you can find me, uh, pick up a six.com, like all those avenues, man, let, let us know. Hey, I haven't heard this story yet. I'd love to hear this one. I'd love to go deeper, uh, as it relates to this thing that happened here. Or my, my friend again has done this love to have him on. Uh, we'd love to hear about that. Yeah, man. I am. I'm all about what I mentioned earlier about filling the void of negativity. Yeah. yeah you know, drowning out the noise. We are constantly inundated now as a species from all angles, all the time. If you let it, I mean, you keep something on your wrist that's tied to your phone and it never stops, right? It never stops. And so your ability to pull these stories together, pull it out of these people, as your dad said, get people comfortable enough to to talk about their experiences and what it means to them. Um, You can hear your dad talking about things and the, the emotion and passion, um, that he still feels to this day years and years later is inspiring stuff. And more and more people need to hear these types of stories. The the noise needs to get drowned out um, with what's truly meaningful and truly impactful. And it starts as what we've been talking about at that, that service before self, and especially at that community level and then branched out from there. So I'm proud of you, brother. Oh, thank you, man. Well, we're going to keep rolling. I mean, you think about uh, what we've done even over the last month, I'm just fired up. It gives me more motivation. Like I got to meet this guy, Daniel Ritchie, who was born with no arms and given a pretty tough lot in life. And he doesn't care. <laughs> he just keeps cranking. Uh, and he's a servant for his savior. And so he's sharing his message or even these guys like man, Eric Holman, Eli Crane, these guys that served special ops guys that are now running for Congress, like running for office. That's their next, right? that's their next chance to, to give back. Oh yeah. Um, you know, which is more, more veterans. Yeah. We need more, we need more of that. And I don't even, I don't care what side of the aisle they're on. We need more of that. Exactly. We mm-hmm. need more of those who have served that are willing to step up. Shoot, man. I got to meet a truck driver the other day and he goes, see, the problem is you got all these people making all these laws. They don't know anything about what we're doing out here. They've never driven a truck, right? They've <laughs> never, we need more of that kind of servant, you know, kind of leadership. So man, I'm just grateful for you guys. I've had fun, man. It's been a fun time tonight. Yes, sir. Uh, Jamie, you, how many you put down one of those bourbons or two, or what do you, what do you got? That was just one. It's a school night. What school are we night. doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, broke, I broke my rule. Is it for you or for them? Yeah. Yeah. For them, for them, for the three that are hopefully asleep and not torturing my wife on the other end of the house at the moment. Yeah. yeah it's the risk you run. Well, right, you know, I said, I got a thing. I got a calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like your optimism. I like your optimism. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. He might get the stink out when he goes downstairs. Guys, you've been gracious with your time. You've been gracious with your time and uh, and your friendship along the way. And I'm grateful for you both and excited as we continue to, uh, to build this thing as we go here, man, in the next year.
Yeah, dude, we look forward to it, man. It's been like, as Jamie said, man, it's been it's been an impressive first year. Um, so, you know, unfortunately for you, you set the bar high, man. I like <laughs> keep it, going. Here we go. Like my military career, I like to set it low. You know, make yeah. it more, more achievable. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, uh, and I tell people all the time, uh, you know, <clears throat> like you were saying, people reaching out to you, you know checking you on Twitter, catching you on social media and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's how all this, uh, that's all, how all this grew, right. you know, it's not like all of these people were somebody that you knew when you started this a year ago, these all yeah. came to you totally. from folks. Like, you know, I came to you from Ray, Tom Mulliken came to you from me, yeah. you know, like a lot of that, it's how that works. People you know, on right? LinkedIn got me connected with the guys yeah. from Dunkirk, right. Talking about the Afghan evac. I mean, a yeah. lot of it's happened that way. And I know, you know, we can be negative about the connections of social media, but you're right. This show has been built on the back of that and being able to make yeah. real connections with people, human connections while leveraging the technology to get to the people. Yeah. I mean, social you know I mean? media is, is social media has gotten a, a negative um, rap because of how it's been utilized. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's a totally. great tool. It is a great tool when used for good. It's just yes. like anything else. Absolutely. It is, you know, when we're doing charity work, it is. Yeah, I mean, you can't put, uh, you literally cannot put a dollar, you know, worth on social media for what you're able mm-hmm. to accomplish so quickly with masses of people. You know, you get the word out to yeah. just, you know, to the droves. Um, and so it's worth mm-hmm. its gold. Yep. But unfortunately, it's used for people just staring through the window of somebody's backyard. You know, I, I tell you, know, it, it amazes me the stuff that people put on the Internet and then complain about what people think about. I'm like, man, you literally just opened up your back window and just put a chair there. And say, <laughs> hey, come take a look anytime you want. Come check it out. Well, as my friend Jamie knows, I prefer the view from my front porch. Looking in. <laughs> looking in. Great tune. Absolutely. Great tune. All right, guys, would you oh, do man. me a favor? Would you both do me a favor? Mm-hmm. Keep picking up people's six. Keep getting after it. Always, man. It's Hard to commit. Roger that. All right, we'll check in with you guys later. Uh, our special guest tonight was Lieutenant General Ralph J. Jodis. The two guys on with me throughout the entire podcast, Jamie Roseboro and Lowell Coppert. I'm Brian Jodis, and this has been Pick Up the Six Podcast.